Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Titan, a web consultancy based out of Chicago, but entirely remote and spread out all over the place. We specialize in Laravel, a PHP framework, but we're often pairing that with any number of JavaScript frameworks and libraries. I'm your host, Dave Hicking, and this week I am joined once again by Sarah Bine, a lead programmer at Titan. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? I'm doing great. It's Friday, which is uh, fitting because this is 20% Time, the, the day that Titan devotes to to twenty percent time. It's not just the name of the show; it's an actual an actual thing that we do. And um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited to be here to talk with you today because we're we're going to talk about a really interesting uh, concept that is not unique to Titan, but it's something that we um, we we definitely like to think about and talk about at Titan often. And I'm excited to to share it with people. But before we do that, Sarah, for people who don't know you, they haven't interacted interacted with you online or anything like that, can you say a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, I've been a web developer for over 10 years, uh, mostly PHP and JavaScript. I've done a little bit of mobile app development, which is what my earlier podcast episode was about, native script. Um, and I just love software development and Yagni is one of my favorite guiding principles. So let's start from square one. W- what exactly is Yagni and why should a developer or anybody listening to the podcast really know what it means? Yeah, YAGNI is an acronym that stands for you aren't going to need it. So basically (laughs) it means don't solve any problems that don't exist right now. Um, Like don't don't write code to solve future requirements. Mm. Um, And uh, don't write code. uh, Does this extend to um, other things as well? Not just code, but just would you say like software development in general, like even like you aren't going to need that product. You aren't going to need that enhancement. Does the same thing apply? Absolutely, yes. I think uh, the initial coining of the term was referring to software development, like coding specifically. Yeah. But I have widened its usage and use it to apply to many things, not just software development, also my life, which yes. I'll talk about later, maybe. <laughs> yes, uh, we but should. I, I do was... think it generally applies. Yeah. I was going to say, I definitely, I think I, I think I used this. I wasn't even thinking. I did the thing where I like, I used work terms around like my non-work life, like around my wife or around oh, yeah. my friends. And someone was like, did you say Yagni? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well. I don't know if I've gone that far, but you know, <laughs> agile principles, Yagni goes hand in hand with some other agile principles that are all sort of related to simplicity. So I might conflate some terms, but basically the premise is that humans are bad at predicting the future (laughs) generally. Mm. So either you won't need the solutions that you thought you needed at all, or you will need something different than what you expected. That's why Yagni works. When did you first become aware of the idea of Yagni? Was there a particular, and was there a particular reason this like resonated with you? Was it sort of like, you know, the bell went off and all of a sudden you could like see clearly, or was it something that like over time you've like come to adopt? Not at all. Like a bell going off. Uh, I heard about it at first a long, long time ago, like early in my career, I heard a lot about various software development principles. I think even in school, we talked a little bit about agile versus waterfall, but Mm. none of it really clicked then until I got experience basically. So like many developers, I had a phase in the middle of my career where I leaned really hard into like patterns and abstractions because early on, you don't really know much. So you just kind of do whatever. Right. And then Mm. in the middle of your career, you read some books, you're like, oh, patterns, patterns are amazing. And then you use them everywhere. (laughs) And by doing that, (laughs) by writing way overly complex, abstracted code, and then being forced to maintain it for a very long time, I felt the pain and learned like how bad complexity can be. And that was what made Yagni click for me. 
why do you think Yagni is the best fit for the type of development that we do at Titan? Um, at Titan, we are constantly the newcomers on projects, right? Mm, yeah, and that's true. we we also always work within some time box. So, like our shortest engagements are eight weeks, I believe. Yeah, we have longer ones, but you know, most of them are some matter of weeks or months. Um, so Yagni and Agile principles in general sort of allow you to reframe the question. So instead of saying like, how much time will it take to accomplish everything we want to do? You get to ask, how can we accomplish the most of what we want in this amount of time that we have? Because the constraint is your time, right? And that approach to development is actually reflective of reality and not an attempt to predict the future, which is impossible. Why do you, this is going to spiral into a whole other conversation perhaps, but why? Why do you think it is that we're all always trying to predict the future? Exactly what you said, uh, when, especially when it, I mean, when it comes to software development, sure. But you know, because so, um, it, you know, if someone's listening to this and they are a homeowner, um, when they get when they hire somebody to work, uh, you know, on a project for their house, whether it's a, a you know a handy person or whether it's a full fledged like general contractor, they want like an estimate, right? They yeah, want to know how much <laughs> they want to know how much is this going to cost and when is it going to be done. Yeah. And how often are those estimates right? Well, right. And, and so and so it's interesting to me. It's the idea. It's like, yeah, and those estimates are almost never right. And that's for exactly. situations where it's like you would maybe hope and assume I'm not a contractor. I'm not a carpenter, but you would assume, all right, how many, you know, how many kitchens have like how many, you know, a kitchen is a kitchen is a kitchen, right? But I know that's not true. And obviously the same thing applies to the same thing applies to software, but even like on an exponential level. It does. Yeah. Because we're dealing with sort of exponential complexity. How many millions and billions of lines of code are actually running to like run your abstracted web app? It's a lot. Because oftentimes, you know, the limit is uh, it's not so much like, you know, if, if I wanted to construct some sort of gravity defined deck off the back of my yard, I am constrained by uh, the laws of physics. I'm constrained <laughs> by um, what is structurally sound. You can make software do an awful lot it's just a question of time and money and uh, you know well time and money mostly yeah um exactly yeah so uh those restraints are are, are, are interesting do you so when you are trying uh even now as someone who's been uh, as you said an experienced software developer for for a while are there guidelines or, or mantras or, or principles that you keep in mind when you're trying to make sure you stick to this idea of yagni yeah, definitely. The most straightforward one is just, it all boils down to default to simplicity. So to me, that means like whenever I'm faced with multiple options and I don't know which path is right or which path I should take, I pick the simplest one. And simple can mean a couple of things. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean like lines of code or anything like that. It could be technical complexity. It could be requirement complexity could be like time or money or usability or whatever, whatever it is, you have to think about your specific situation. But basically, it's all about not backing yourself into a corner. So you want to leave your options open for as long as possible. It is very, very easy to turn simple code into complex code later, but it's extremely hard, if not impossible, to turn complex code into simple code. The idea of not backing yourself into a corner um, you know, that, I think that goes along with, to me, that goes along with what you said before, how there wasn't like some bell that ran off, that rang off in your head where you said, yes, this is the approach I'm taking. I'm, I'm assuming 
you speak from experience and, and you've been on projects or you've seen projects or you've seen code bases where it's very clear that people back themselves into a corner and there's really no way out. I backed myself into corners. That's yeah. exactly how it happened. Like mid-career when I got so excited about all those patterns, I wrote a bunch of terrible, terrible code that I had to maintain and it was so hard to maintain because I had backed myself into so many corners. So yeah, I learned that lesson firsthand and painfully. And this isn't, as you said, you know, this isn't something that's ingrained in, in every developer. Um, you And you talked about, you know, being at school and how they, you know, they talked about Agile versus Waterfall. Is this a thing where, you know, Yagni is, you know, not taught so people don't approach like that's not so it's just not the default for development is do you think it's maybe counterintuitive or is it just the kind of thing where actually you have to have experience in order to understand why it's so important? Or is it something else? Like why? Why isn't this the default? I think it's probably some combination of those things. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was ever explicitly taught about Yagni or keeping things simple or anything like that. Um, there is like a kind of prevalent mindset among developer types that like complex software is better somehow, like more technically impressive or whatever. Um, you know, they're in it to build the most impressive possible code base. I'm in it to build software that solves people's problems, and mm. not, not the most technically impressive yes. code base. Yes. Um, but also, it turns out that writing simple code is really hard. So it takes most people a long time to figure out how to do that. It took me most of my career to figure out how to get there. But I do think it is intuitive. I don't think it's counterintuitive. Um, like humans have trouble with complexity. Like English has several idioms about complexity and like the dangers of dividing your attention, right? Like having too many irons in the fire yeah. or having a lot on your plate or having your hands full or whatever. There's like juggling balls in the air, or spitting plates. The more you try and take on at once, the worse you will do at all of those things. Yeah. The the comparison to 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 English really as you were as you were talking there, it made me think about honestly being a writer, right? Where it's like writing is not a competition. It's not the goal is not to write the most words. It's not necessarily a goal to write um you know, the most complex sentences. The goal is to be understood. The goal is to, you know, writing well is not the same as writing the most or writing the hardest. And, and exactly. Pro- and actually, yeah. it's harder to write concisely and simply than it is to use a ton of words, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, so we need like a, a strunk and white equivalent for, for programming, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the, the idea of, of, you know, what you said before about how you're not trying to write the the most complicated uh, uh, code, you're trying to solve people's problems. Like, I mean, basically, you're you're trying to actually like write the code that you need and nothing exactly. more. Exactly, not more than that. Yeah. <laughs> Only the code you need. So, if uh, if a dev is listening to this and they're and they're interested in these ideas, they're on board with with this, but maybe they are in a maybe they, either they have clients that. This would be a hard pitch, they feel like, or maybe they're a part of a larger development team where this isn't really how how they do things. Are there any sort of initial like ways that you can approach uh, sort of writing code uh, with a Yagni kind of approach or um, any like low-hanging fruit kinds of like, oh, if you just start here, this is like an easy way to get into this. I don't know if that question made sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say start small. So... There's nothing. There's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Focus on keeping things simple at the smallest scale. So like, don't just basically default to not implementing patterns or abstractions until you really feel like you need them. Um, Sean, one of my coworkers here at Titan, 
has this rule that if he has to write something twice, that's fine. But then the third time he'll make an abstraction, right? He'll copy paste it one time, but then after that, it needs an abstraction. I love that. Um, if you're thinking about writing code for some future thing, just don't do that. <laughs> um, when you feel stuck between multiple options, pick the one that's simplest or easiest to change later. So like, just be aware, be mindful about not backing yourself into corners. Um, and also practice breaking down tasks into the smallest possible pieces so that you can identify the more and less necessary parts of each task and postpone the ones that are not necessary right now. Are there any downsides at all to the, the Yagni approach or maybe a better way to put it? Is it possible to take this too far? It's possible to take anything too far, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> probably, I think probably the worst outcome of taking Yagni too far is that you could end up shipping software that's immature. But I think the alternatives are much worse. Um, what do you mean by immature? People, oh, sorry. I didn't oh, no, talk go about ahead. You. I was going to ask, what do you mean by immature? Um, so maybe you think that some of your features won't be useful unless you include more of them. Like right. maybe you think that what you're shipping won't actually be useful to the end user. I would argue that it's still better to ship immature software and like find out, uh, basically just prove your hypotheses. So instead of saying, I can predict the future, these are all the things we'll need. You say, here's some of what we need. Let's get it out there and find out what we actually need to fill in the remaining gaps. So like validate your hypothesis through user testing. Turning it almost into like a, a big science project. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sorry, I cut you off while you were you were um, talking. Uh, I think you were saying something else about like how you can take oh, anything yeah. too far. Right, yes. Um, so sometimes I talk to people about Yagni and they interpret it as like, never try and build anything complicated. Mm. But that's not what it is. Uh, basically, it's just be aware that complexity has a cost and have a good reason every time you take that on. Um, and if it's helpful, maybe think about it in terms of like a complexity budget. So you can take on a certain amount of complexity and do okay with it, but you have to be judicious about which parts you take on so that the sum total of all of it is manageable for you. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, one thing that this all gets at is I've been on, I feel like I've been on a number of calls lately with, with clients and potential clients where you, for a long time at Titan, we've talked about the idea of of an MVP, right? What is the, what is your minimum viable product? And I feel like a lot of the times we talk about what's like the M, like what is the minimum? But there's a tension yeah. there between like, well, what does viable mean, right? Like, Can anyone really say ahead of time? <laughs> <laughs> well, right. But that like, I think those two things together go to the idea of of Yagni and to your idea to what you said before about how like you actually have to have to test it. But you know that 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 sort of the 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 fear or the the risk that you might put something out that's not viable enough at all. Yeah. It's just the downsides of that are so small because you can always go back and improve it later, right? Nothing is ever preventing you from doing what you initially wanted to do. Like you could build the entire complex thing. You're just doing it one small piece at a time and like pausing regularly to make sure that you're making choices with intention and always working on the most important thing. Throughout this conversation, you've talked about the idea that it's much harder, like it's easy. You can always add more complexity. It's hard to take exactly. it away. In your opinion, and I'm not asking you to like speak as the official like spokesperson for Titan necessarily, but you personally as a developer, if, if you sort of uh, are, are asked to work on a code base that is definitely not written like with the Agni principles, but you know, is your temptation to, or, or is your sort of inclination to try to like 
find parts of it where you can simplify and like write it the way that you kind of wish it was written? Or do you feel like, well, this is the way it's written. I kind of have to go into it. It's an interesting question. I kind of sprung that one. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Um, It depends. So Yagni, I think, is about working within the constraints of your reality, right? So sometimes Mm. your reality is that you're stuck with a code base that's very complicated and not Yagni-like, right? We get a lot of legacy code bases. That happens all the time. It's like I said, it's very hard to change complex code into simple code. So the amount of effort that you would have to expend to get that code base to like a simpler place is immense. But you do what you can. So you can apply Yagni principles even in code bases that aren't full of them already. Like you get a new task and you have several options and how to implement it. You can pick the simplest one. Maybe the simplest one is still not very simple, but you can still keep Yagni principles in mind and use them to guide your choices. Is it fair to say that the Yagni way to approach it would be to not rewrite it until you actually have to, to sort of like, Ooh, we're working on something, we're working on, uh, working on this part of the app. We're going to, as we build new things, or as we have to heavily interact with, with code that is written, maybe, you know, not with Yagni principles in mind, we're going to do something about it, but until then we're not going to touch it. Yeah. I would say that Yagni would generally mean that you don't want to like full rewrite an right. app. <laughs> um, so you want to be careful. You want to break it down into small pieces and basically chip away at it. Yeah. I think. From a, a non-developer point of view, whether it's the client view or you just want to say the product point of view, it can be really tempting to try to be as prepared as possible for like where you see this product going three months, six months, 12 months from now. And there, so you're you're trying to then like advocate for building in, even if you're not building in every future possible, you sort of, it's tempting to be like, well, we need it to support every option possible. But as you and I have been on enough projects, we know that that can backfire sometimes, right? Could yes. you talk a little bit about Yagni from like a client or a product owner point of view? Yeah, um, I think it's helpful to think of it in terms of cost, right? So we established that complexity has a cost. Yeah. So all that time you're spending building extra parts onto what you want, um, let's assume that it doesn't pan out because, okay, we're talking about like worst case scenario, right? So if it doesn't pan out, then now all of that time that your team spent planning, like building, analyzing, testing, all of that was a ton of time and money. All of that has to be thrown away. Um, also, since you were focusing on building this one thing, there's lost opportunity cost of all the other things that you could have been building with that time, right? So it's it can be a huge cost sink. Um, whereas if you approach it from a mindset of like, I'm going to build the smallest version of this, ship it, and then regroup and make sure that we're still on track with where I think this is going to go, you're you're almost never wasting work. Like at most, you have to throw away a small amount of work. Mm. Also, like the faster you can ship, getting to market first is a significant competitive advantage. Um, and you can do more user testing because you get the software in front of your users. So you get feedback from them about how you should be focusing future efforts. So now you've maximized your value now by working on a small amount of the important thing. And you've also maximized your efforts in the future because you have like guided direction about where you should go. Yeah, I, you know. I can think of few things more valuable than actually validating your ideas with people who are either using your your app or who you want to use your app, right? Exactly. Whether that's showing, I mean, honestly, you could do, you know, no code kind of, you could show them design, you could show them like interactive mockups if you wanted to, but what, you know, you could show them 
the the simplest simplest mvp possible but yeah until you do that you've just made a lot of assumptions a lot of guesses yep and you have no idea yeah no. and if if that's still not convincing enough just remember the agony is all about being flexible right and keeping your options open and right. not backing yourself into corners right so there's nothing preventing you from ending up with the exact same product that you would have developed by tackling it all up front right like you're just doing it iteratively and with intention at every step and validating your assumptions instead of trying to do everything all at once but you can end up in the same place that's actually the the, the last question I had uh, about Yagni. So I, I, I do have one, I guess, one more sort of mini question, which is, is there one thing that you wished I'd asked you about Yagni or, or something else that you want to make sure you mention? Hmm. Um, I think I really just want to emphasize that it's about starting simple and allow, like leaving room to change later because mm. everything in the world is always changing, especially in technology. So if you can imagine someone who maybe five years ago sat down and tried to write like PHP or JavaScript code that's future proof and accounts for every possible edge case scenario, whatever, all of that code would have to be rewritten today because PHP and JavaScript has changed drastically in the last five years. For sure. Everything is always changing. So it's not just that humans are bad at predicting the future, but it's like because everything is constantly in flux. So even when you like, have a good idea of what might happen. Maybe a global pandemic comes out of nowhere and your whole industry changes. You know, you can never really tell right. where things are going to go. So it's just about being flexible and not not shutting any doors. Which, oh, yeah, and which, you know, software is risky sometimes, you know? Yeah. But the riskiest thing is, you know, sort of going deep into a hole and, and not like coming up for air to actually like validate that what you're trying to build is worth it. Exactly that. Yeah, that's the costliest option is to try to predict the future and then go into a hole and work on that for like a year and then come out of it and see that everything is different now. So all of that effort has to be thrown away. Sarah, thank you so much for for uh, talking today about Yagni. I really love this idea and this topic, even though it's, um, I don't know, seem, might seem a little like sort of nerdy or sort of, uh, I don't know, maybe inside baseball, but I think that's kind of the point of this podcast. But I, I think this is super useful. I really appreciate you talking about this and talking about your experience with it. For people who want to find you online in some way, that could be Twitter, it could be GitHub, it could just be Titan.com. Where should people go? Uh, I guess probably go to my website, which is sarahbine.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate it.